0: This is how the Spirit helps. He comes and searches out my heart. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He searches my heart, helps me to pray according to the will of God. When I I don't, there's situations, you're in them, I've been in them. What is God's will? What does he want to do here? How am I supposed to pray for this? The text makes explicit the theme of this study that prayer is not just something, this is how we think of it, prayer is not just something we do. Paul says the Holy Spirit is deeply concerned and deeply connected with a strong prayer life. So there's, generally speaking, I think of prayer as a Trinitarian activity. I'm not saying, there are certainly places in the book of Acts where, where Christians just pray to Jesus there are places in the Bible where people just call upon the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about a general theology of prayer, which would be something like this. We pray we pray to God the Father, our Father, who art in heaven. The only reason we forget this, the only reason anyone in this room has any access to God at all, being who we are and being who he is, We can't get to him except through Jesus Christ. His atoning work on the cross, he intercedes. So I think of prayer as going to Father God through the work of Jesus Christ and in my heart energized by the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And you see how big an issue prayer is when you see all of the Godhead involved in the process. We, we frequently think of, especially in Pentecostal circles, we think of the work of the Spirit in baptizing and the work of the Spirit in gifting. Virtually all Christian denominations, evangelicals, see the Holy Spirit's work in sanctifying our lives, the fruit of the Spirit being produced in our lives. Not as frequently discussed is the specific work of the Holy Spirit in our prayer lives. And that's what I want to look at tonight. Point number one. Why do we need the Spirit's help in our prayer lives? Well, the Spirit helps us, verse 26, in our weaknesses. I think we're meant to take comfort in that. You sit and you think, I bet you just about everybody in this sanctuary right now has a better prayer life than I do. It's hard to pray. There is, there is, you will be far more aware of your spiritual weaknesses when you go to pray than when you go to read your Bible. There's something so intensely relational with God in prayer. That you know the amount of spiritual energy required for prayer is more than the spiritual energy required in going to church or singing a worship song, especially if you've got a good band. Or reading Psalm 23 before you go to bed at night. Prayer, it engages us in a way that reveals... How tied we are to physical things, to visible things, to material things, in a very particular way. I actually like the idea that Paul says when you want to talk about our prayer lives, here's a good word to use weakness. Weakness. And he says the weakness is it's a form of a general form of ignorance, twenty six B. We don't we don't know what to pray for as we ought. to to, to do a good thorough job at praying for something. So partly because of the fall, partly because of our finiteness and the limitations of being in the flesh, we all suffer apparently from an earthbound perspective, a weakened perspective, a somewhat limited. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, I will be naturally more inclined to dullness in prayer than sharpness in prayer. I mean, desire surely does get awakened when I need something desperately from God. But those kind of prayers, they're not the regular stuff of daily devotions. We experience God's silence sometimes. We experience times when we don't get any answer to our prayer, at least none that we perceive, none that we recognize. Paul says we, we don't know how to react to all this stuff very well in our prayer lives. How are we to take all these things to God? We know we should pray, but we sometimes feel overwhelmed or we feel dry. Most of the time we know we should pray more. And we feel guilty about that weakness. This is not a text that beats us over the head. This is just God's word saying, know where you're coming from and, and you need my help. It's not a mechanical thing. You can't reduce it to that. Point number two, is this weakness a sin? And do I have to feel guilty about my weakness in prayer, my ignorance in prayer. And I take some comfort for the fact that several places in the Bible, I'm just going to show you two, where people we would think of as being godly spiritual leaders talk about the condition of prayer not working out the way they thought it would. Here's one example. This one is Moses, Deuteronomy 3, 23 to 26. He's explaining to the people. He is confessing this publicly. That's an important contextual note to what I'm about to read. So Moses is sharing this prayer experience with everybody. He says, And I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven and earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours. Please, let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan. Remember, he was forbidden to go in, and so he's going he's gonna to go to God. Please let me go over to see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in Lebanon. And the, and, and the Lord, Moses, remembers he's telling everybody this. The Lord was angry with me. That's what Moses tells the people. God was really upset with me. The Lord was angry with me because of you, the people. (laughs) Passed the buck a little bit. And would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, this is what you don't want to hear when you pray. Enough from you. Do not speak to me about this matter again. Wow. Now, I want to ask you. If you had that experience in prayer, would you want to stand up in a meeting like this and say, let me just tell you about my prayer life for a minute? God tells him to be quiet. Here's another one. You know this man, the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9. So... To keep me from being too elated. Like, is that really a problem? We're just too elated and God doesn't want us. To keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. A messenger of Satan. God gave it, but it's a messenger of Satan. I can't explain all of that to you. To harass me. Do you see why we need to figure some things out in, in our prayer times? Here's God doing something to harass the Apostle Paul. To keep me from being too elated. He says that twice. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Can't figure out why God is acting the way he's acting. Okay? We don't know how to pray. some situations that's what our romans text says here's paul and you can see it you can see it I, i three times i pleaded with the lord about this that it should leave me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of christ may rest upon me that's a great conclusion but that's not where paul starts in his praying He's very miserable. He's very unhappy. He tries three times to change God's mind. And finally, he sees a perspective that he never saw at the beginning of his prayer time. And he says, well, then I'll boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here's the Apostle Paul wrestling to obtain something from God and through the anointed Holy Spirit-enabled, 20 hindsight. He sees that God's unwillingness wasn't a bad thing, it was a good thing, though he never saw it three times, he never saw it. So, it seems clear to me from passages like that, that we shouldn't conclude that because we come with These problems, these shortages of understanding, these weaknesses, we shouldn't let the devil just make us feel like, what a a bunch of crummy Christians. It seems all Christians, that we, that Paul uses in our text, we don't know how to pray for things as we ought. He helps us with our collective weaknesses. It, It seems that all Christians share some of these common weaknesses in prayer Here too, here too, this is out of context, but we see through a glass darkly, I think it applies. So no, I don't think it's something we beat ourselves over the head with. It does make us call out to the Spirit of God to help us in our prayers. Three, how does the Holy Spirit help us with this problem? I don't know if we'll get through all this. Here are some of the points I see in our Romans text. Two things I'm going to look at, and each one has some subpoints under it, just so you see where we're going. So A, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, verse 26. The Godhead is involved in my prayer life. I don't mean that I'm always consciously feeling this. I mean, this is the, this is, this is the theology behind my prayer life. He does two things. First, the Bible says Jesus intercedes for us before the throne of God. That's in Romans 8, 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Listen. Who is at the right hand of God who indeed, this is Jesus now, who is indeed interceding for us. I'm talking about this for a minute so you see the difference between this and what the Romans text is talking about with the Holy Spirit interceding. They are not the same thing. So, Jesus raised the ascended man at the right hand of God, who indeed, Romans 8.34 is interceding for us. These verses are almost too big for us. Salvation works in in two ways. First, Christ lives in my heart, your heart. Christ lives in my heart by faith. The Bible calls this Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ lives in my heart by faith. The union isn't just intellectual, it's relational. We, we can know his presence. We sense it at times more than others, but that doesn't vary the presence. It just varies my awareness of his presence. He, he lives in us. But there's something else that's maybe harder to conceptualize. Not only is Christ in me, Paul repeatedly says that I am in Christ. Sometimes he puts it uh, just so staggeringly big, we, we can only think of it as religious poetry, but it isn't. So Christ lives in us by faith. I am in Christ. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Listen. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. That, this is my prayer life. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. Listen. For you have died. Your life your life is hidden in Christ. Your life is hidden Actually, he says with Christ in God. So, my life right now, your life right now, here you sit at 1000 Gorham Street in Newmarket, miles away from anything we would think of as heaven. But your life right now, if what Paul says is true, isn't just hidden with God, but in God, with Christ in God. What, 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 what? Paul, what do you mean? What can you be saying? And I think it comes down to the present ongoing work, not the finished work of Christ on the cross, but his work now as the ascended man interceding for me. That we are with Christ in God. The effect that that has on my prayer life is this. I am praying at my weakest, when I'm most filled with doubt, when I sense God's presence least, and when I continue with my prayer life because I just know it's the right thing to do. Those moments I'm talking about. Not way up here, I'm talking about these moments. That I still, if what Paul says is true, my life is hidden with Christ in God, I am still praying from inside. My place before God, not outside of God. In other words, Jesus Jesus takes me with him into the presence of Father God. This is this is why. This is why. No one will be able to bring any charge against me before God. That's what Paul says in Romans eight, thirty-one to thirty-three. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. If my life is hidden with Christ in God, I'm I'm already, I'm already there, in. I'm in. I'm on the inside. I'm not on the outside. This is why condemnation isn't a threat. I, I'm not praying from a distance, even though I can't see God. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I am not an outsider. I'm an insider. So the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Here's the second way the Holy Spirit intercedes for each of us right now on earth. Likewise, we do not know, Romans eight twenty six. likewise, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. This is, there's Jesus interceding at the right hand of the Father. I am in Christ, Christ is in me, with, with Christ in God. That's his intercessory work that brings me close. The Holy Spirit intercedes in a different way. It's not there, it's in here. The Holy Spirit helps me right here with my prayer life. This is, this is an internal intercession that the Holy Spirit works in my own heart. He prays from within Don Horbin. He shapes my mind. He helps quicken desires that I don't naturally have the ability to quicken. He helps me in times of confusion. Why wasn't this prayer answered? What is God doing? He helps me in times of weakness. I'm tired. He shapes our minds and desires. How does he do that? How does he do that? Is it automatic? Does he do the same thing for everyone all the time? Well, I think a couple of things are important. If the Holy Spirit is going to intercede and shape my thoughts and desires and quicken these things, I think there is meditating and heeding the Word of God deeply, regularly. It's called the sword of the Spirit. In other words, this is what the Holy Spirit uses. This is his instrument. One other thing, I may not always be able to explain or understand the activity of the Holy Spirit as he intercedes inside my own skin. That's what Paul means, I think, with that phrase, groanings, too deep for words. I've talked with well-intentioned, charismatic, Pentecostal people who think that's a reference to speaking in tongues. I don't believe it is. I think that's a valid New Testament experience. I don't think that's what's being described here. He's talking not about me expressing words I don't understand. He's talking about groans that are too deep to come out in words at all. This is something unexpressed, not something expressed. He 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 here's another way the Holy Spirit works his intercessory work in my heart. He wells up an undefined weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, not W A I T. a, A weight. He he sometimes births a burden that I can't explain at the moment. I wasn't trying to work it up myself or a desire around some prayer concern that moves me in a way that causes me to linger over something that I wouldn't naturally linger over? The the lesson there is that we need to learn as we wait on the Spirit to to pause over burdens, promptings. Don't make it so mystical that it's just goofy. Here's here's an example. It was... uh, September 26th, 1982, that's when uh, Reenie and Dawn, Melissa and Laurel, Laurel couldn't walk yet, Melissa was just a little kid, and we moved to Newmarket. We got here on a Friday, and right away, I was told that I was speaking at a men's retreat that night. I went to the Men's Retreat. Renie, the girls, got shuffled into 66 Kingston Row. The house is still there. That night, Daisy Horbin, my mom was still alive then, she was lying in bed at their apartment at 40 William Row and says in the middle of the night, God woke her up. God woke her up and said, you need right now to pray for Renie. True story. Didn't know why. Got up and prayed. Prayed for renee At that moment in 66 Kingston Row, my wife, in the bedroom at the top of the stairs, opened her eyes and without her glasses at night, saw what she thought was me. In the doorway of her bedroom. with The lit hallway, just saw the silhouette like me, some buff kind of a called out to me, but of course it wasn't me. Someone had broken into the house and was right there in Reenie's bedroom. And across Newmarket, (laughs) Grandma Horban was awakened in the middle of the night because the Holy Spirit said, pray for Reenie." Right now, Rini let out a scream. The guy left. Apparently, the phone rang at Mom and Dad's apartment, and they heard Rini's shaky voice. Come over here right away! And they did, and there was nobody, and everything turned out fine. That's what I'm talking about. When it's it's not weird or mystical. It's the Holy Spirit engages Himself. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't prove you're spiritual by just making you know, everything. You don't want to get like that. But when there's a burden that you can't explain, a prompting that seems for that moment. Jesus intercedes at the right hand of the Father. Christ in me. I am in Christ. Precious truth. That's what makes prayer possible. But God doesn't leave it as just a long shot in my prayer life. The Holy Spirit intercedes in here. Christ intercedes there, keeping the door open to the presence of God. The Spirit intercedes here, giving me strength in my weakness, persistence in my confusion, impulses, burdens, directions, pray according to conscience where I know I've failed. And he brings, Don, you need to repent of that. I know, but everybody's. I'm not talking about everybody, Don. I'm talking about you. You need to repent of that. And there there comes a listening as the Holy Spirit intercedes and works in our heart. I hope that story just makes it a little bit practical and applicable. A little bit more. How can I involve myself more fully in this kind of ministry? Let me just, a couple thoughts quickly. A, I think I must be totally submitted to the will of, the known will of God in all areas of my life. I think if I want God to speak to my heart and deal with my heart and, and illumine his word to my heart, I can't be uh, half-hearted or divided in the way I apply his will to my life. That there needs to be at least that honest hunger in my heart that in all the known areas, I listen to him, I obey him. I'm willing to do what he says. The Holy Spirit intercedes. The Holy Spirit can reveal only I can comply. B, to recognize the mind and desires of the Holy Spirit. We're almost done. Learn how he works in the Word of God. I get it. There are details of situations in 21st century culture that the Bible doesn't talk about. My my commitment is that as I read and apply God's word to my life. I don't I don't get God's direction for every detail and I don't think he wants me to live my Christian life like that. I believe what God does is he teaches me his ways, what his heart is, what his character is, and that will that will guide my life through situations that the Bible doesn't even talk about. Make My life verses, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. And if I have that heart to know his ways, my conviction is he works like a shepherd and he will steer my life through all of the details. I don't know everything I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do in all sorts of tiny situations. But I know, as I learn the voice of the shepherd, it's his job to guide my life. The Spirit intercedes right in here. Learn to treasure it, recognize it, and respond to it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, we do love your word, Thank you that you didn't just give us an instruction book and leave us to our own devices. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who creeps inside our hearts, who establishes the Lordship of Jesus, who makes the fatherhood of God, the spirit of adoption, makes the fatherhood of God a vivid reality in our hearts. We don't want to feel condemned for our weaknesses. That's the position we come from. Let that make us cry out to your spirit. Help us in our weakness, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.